Hello, everybody. Brian here. Thanks for listening to today's episode with my friend, Jesse Novak. Before we get into this conversation, I just want to give everyone a little bit of a heads up regarding the audio for this episode. I had not recorded an episode in quite some time, and I have also changed my setup quite a bit since the last time I did record an episode. So long story short, excuses aside, I did not have Jesse's microphone on for a good chunk of the first half of this episode. So I uh, did what I could using the skills that I have to restore the audio as best as I could. Um, It doesn't sound as good as it should, but I do think it is listenable. And I do think that we had a conversation that was really awesome and engaging. Jesse's a great guy. I really enjoyed talking with him. And I think you're going to really like this conversation, regardless of it maybe not being the, uh, you know, the Hollywood Steven Spielberg quality that you're used to with my productions. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, so I just wanted to say that. Thank you for being here. Please enjoy the episode. Please uh, be patient with the audio. It does get better towards the end although i will say spoiler alert our uh our sobriety does not get better towards the end so yeah funny paradox uh we're sober at the beginning and it doesn't sound good but you know as the conversation goes on and the drinks continue to flow we get a little bit more loose and the audio sounds better so hey intoxication in HD. What more do you want? So with all that being said, I'm going to shut up and let you get into today's episode with my friend, Jesse Novak. Sit back, relax, and let's start the beat. You know, I haven't recorded a podcast with anyone in probably like two or three months easily. So uh, please be patient with me as I guide myself back into being, you know, the interviewer, even though I don't really even like to call these these podcasts or whatever these are interviews. I guess they are podcasts, but I like them to be more conversations with, you know, cool people. Do you think that you're a cool person, uh, no, Jesse no, Novak? No. By the way, I'm sitting here today with Jesse Novak. Everyone, make some noise for our guest. I'm going to insert some applause there for you. It'll sound great. You know, it'll be awesome. So, you are somebody who has been involved in the music scene, I would assume, for a large portion of your life. Am I off on that? Um, no, not at all. I mean, for most of my adult life and even like as an adolescent like teenager i've hosted radio shows in pittsburgh and also in morgantown when i lived there um so that's been like my primary thing and then i've set up shows here and there yeah i I was having this thought about you know growing up in a local music scene and the effects that it has on you into adulthood now there was a lot of people that were like when I was a freshman in high school, like the senior class, 
there was a lot of music going on in my school at that time. I was like too young to go to the shows when they were happening. And then when I was finally old enough, it all stopped. So there was like really no local scene for me until actually after high school. It was like this weird black void. And as a result of that, the reason why I'm bringing all this up is because I don't really know anybody that I went to high school with that was a part of a music scene or is still in that scene. Like there's nobody that I know today that I didn't meet after high school really with the exception of like a couple random people, but they're not associated with the music scene at all. So for you and high school, was there like a thriving scene? Um, not necessarily where I was in high school or anything. I, I had two friends. They're, they remained two of my closest friends and they were in bands. Um, and they were in a band together that was like more like a metal thing. And then the one guy was also in a punk band. And I didn't play in bands, but um, I would go to see their bands play. So I would go to like the Banana and, you know, the Lithuanian country. (laughs) Sure. It was out by like Century 3 Mall, if I remember properly. And that was sort of like with those guys and with one of my other friends uh, at that time, like really exploring those things. But in terms of like bands in my area, there weren't really, there was, you know, my, my friend's band that would play. Yeah. And other places, but yeah, not a whole lot, but I was like pretty, I wanted to like be out and be seeing music and like being a part of things. And, so I started going to shows like with them, uh, punk and metal things around that time, like early '90s, pretty often, um, and you know, just getting to know people and making friends through that. So, yeah, I, you know, it was kind of small, really. Like it was just me and a couple friends. Yeah, and I do you think that having that at the time that you had it helped you stay in it? You know, like when I was in high school, like I had friends that we would like go to Laga, but like by the time that, you know, we were able to go to Laga, places like the banana and graffiti and all that shit were long gone. Right. And, you know, as a result, like, I don't think that anybody that I really grew up with got that like bug to really remain and be a part of the scene. Yeah. I, I don't know what that is because, like, you know, those other guys that I was talking about really aren't involved anymore. Okay. Um, one guy kind of is. He doesn't live around here. But, um, yeah, I, I, for some reason, I, I think part of that is just that I really um, respect and, and admire tenacity and people <laughs> who, like, I love, like, people who have just done it forever like no matter what it is like if you're into boxing and you just don't give up and you're yeah. into boxing like i love that like life or mentality of that people have where it's like i don't know this is just what i fucking do but because what else am i gonna do like you just keep going for that reason absolutely you're almost not thinking about it um so maybe that has something to do with the fact that like now i'm a middle-aged man and I'm still doing stupid shit all the time. Like, uh-huh. I've got two DJ gigs this weekend and a radio show as well this weekend. And I also have to work and, you know, 
everyone else my age has kids or whatever. Uh huh. And that's great. But yeah, I, I, I think that probably has something to do with it is like, I just have a great respect for people who, who are like, no, fuck it. I'm doing this. We're kind of at ground zero for like, the ne- the potentially negative side effects that pop culture is going to have on society over the course of time, right? Because like pop culture, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think it was really a thing. We'll say like the Beatles, maybe, right? And then after the Beatles happen, there becomes this thing where all of a sudden now like music is more than just music. You know, there are collectibles and action figures and posters. And then that all starts to like bleed into like movies and TV cartoons and all that stuff. Right. And over the course of time, it's really interesting to see like, you know, there are people that like have interests that they grew up with that they continue to have. Did that really ever happen in the way that it is now? Like in the past, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't know if it happens uh, prior to that, like if it become, you know, things became an obsession for people. Uh, and I think the Beatles is a great jumping off point for that, like pop kind of art and mentality, because that's really when pop music became art. It was like Sergeant Peppers sure. and Rubber Soul and all that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if that happened before, like, you know, in the 1940s, you know, someone coming of age in the 1940s, like, what were they into? And did that bleed into their entire life if they were into, like, collecting, you know, models or, or whatever it might be, like World War II? Yeah, you know, like, uh, my uncle was a really big collector and he grew up through the 50s and the 60s. So, like, he grew up through the Beatles thing. And whenever he passed and we were cleaning out his house, you know, he had this insane collection of cutouts from newspapers of movie ads because he was so into movies, but that was really the only way to like absorb that or collect the thing. Like I still, I have all of this shit because it's fucking rad, but just like weird cutouts of newspaper articles and clippings for movies and show times. And then like a lot of magazines and things like that. Cause like that was probably really the only thing that you could like physically like, um, acquire and bring home with you. You know what I mean? And then because it's like you can't even go to a gas station without seeing like some weird Funko pop for an HBO show or some bullshit. Right. It's just like, it's really, been like kind of overbloated this whole thing and i love it i love music and movies and cartoons obviously look at this fucking room but like it's an interesting thing because it's like is this really what i'm supposed to be putting all of my energy into or is that like this bullshit old mentality of what like the american male or the american adult is supposed to be are we like finally subverting that through uh, never growing up or or do we need to like change our idea of what growing up is? Yeah. I, I, I I certainly wrestle with that to to a degree. And I think um, that I, uh, on a personal level, like I I try to have meaningful activities beyond these. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, sure. Things, you know, that, that are giving back to the world in some degree, I hope. And, but at the same time, and I've said this, you know, to my better half, like in a lot of ways, like I'm a 45 year old man who's still obsessed with heavy metal and punk rock <laughs> and weird movies and, and whatever and books. And it's like, it's like that is like the fountain of youth for me. Like it keeps me young <laughs> to, to be into those things. It makes uh -huh. me feel good and I have fun with it. So I don't fucking make any apologies for it. Like, Oh, you're 45 and you're still into this. Okay. Like you're 45 and you're not. So like, did you just sell out or were you never into it or what? Sure. So I think it's good to still be honest with yourself about what you're into and honest to yourself about how you're into it and wherever that might be. The thing about it now is that like, I'm certainly far from wealthy, but like I can afford to get things. So like, yeah. You know, so there's, there's two things I want to get into here. Right. One is fucking 50 years ago. How many people lived past 45 or 50, yeah. right? It was a lot more common to die young. So the idea of like what you do at an older age was probably not really something a lot of people thought of True. simultaneously with, you know, am I still going to have all these star Wars action figures 35 years later? You know, um, the second thing is the, the concept of wealth and the concept of success and the concept of all of that shit. I think that that is, you know, if we're shedding, potentially shedding this idea of what the like American adult is supposed to be. I think that, you know, we also need to simultaneously shed this idea of like what wealth truly is. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I had a conversation with someone just the other day about like, you know, living a truly rich life and and being like really fortunate to to live the lives we live mm -hmm. you know it's sort of redefining success like you're saying and that it you know and it can take different forms and i think it would do a lot of people a lot of good to get in myself included probably to kind of get away from the the financial sort of definition of success and um you know, I, I live a rich life. I get to do all kinds of cool things all the time. Like, I'm so fucking lucky because a lot of people never get that opportunity. And, and I, I wake up grateful all the time for that. And, and I've had a lot of great opportunities. Um, and I, I think that, you know, with success or whatever, like, you're successful. Like, I'm successful. Like, but maybe there's not, like, a ton of financial success with that, but look, we're doing what we want to do. Yeah. And I, I have a really good friend who is uh, an artist and she makes a bulk of her living as an artist, but like also has to fill in the gaps. And I think there's this thing that follows us sometimes where it's like, if you're not totally successful doing just this, then you know, you aren't successful. And it's like, no, fuck that. Like, you know, you, if you take a chance and you're doing this and you have to like make coffee at a coffee shop of, you know, part time in order to make these other things happen, then 
you're still doing it. Like you're doing it to fuel these other things. Yeah. To get by and, uh, you know, avoid the trappings of a job that doesn't allow you to pursue these things. Mm-hmm. You know, where it might be. It's funny because like, there's this weird paradox with like the like DIY punk underground artist sort of thing where it's like you think the world thinks that they're better than you, but simultaneously you think you're better than the world. And uh, I don't know. It's all bullshit. Yeah. You know, it's all fucking silly. You, you know, you got to do what you got to do to get by. And, and you know, I, I run a small um, independent strength and conditioning company but I also work for a bigger gym uh, as well. And you, would I prefer it to be just me? But yeah, that's the goal. Eventually, <laughs> like for it to, to be totally self-employed through that rather than working at the other gym. But, you know, I've got to do that. And I'm still doing the same thing. And it, it, it's not, uh, it's not a compromise. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, redefining success is, is an important thing and define, you know, and that can be whatever your definition of it is. It, it doesn't have to be, you know, like an umbrella thing. It's just personal. Like if you're doing it and you're happy, then yeah. do it. Like if, I, I think where a lot of people struggle with this is if they're in a situation where they don't really know what they want genuinely. And there are people that are like that. There are people that, you know, me as an outsider viewing their life on a surface level, I'm like, you're successful. But if they're not happy doing what they're doing and they don't know or have the answer to what that solution is, you know, what they need to do, then they're never going to feel successful. They're always going to feel like really, I don't know, like they're like something's missing. Right. And what do you do with those? Like how, I don't know. That's yeah. that I'm not qualified to answer that question, yeah. but it's very, very complicated. You know, yeah. life can be really tricky. And I think that maybe we were lucky enough to maybe be like exposed to so many different levels of creativity when we were young that we saw the potential and we were able to just kind of like find the thing that worked for us. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people don't always like have the same, uh, you know, background, the same growing up. They don't grow up in, in whether this is, doesn't even have anything to do with rock and roll or like arts or anything like that. Um, some people just grow up in like really bland situations. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, there's so many different <laughs> all of this. And, um, sometimes, you know, people just don't have that opportunity to to discover what they really want to do. Sometimes they just don't pursue it. Maybe then they, they just don't have the confidence to pursue it. But I mean, do it. Sure. Just if you if you want to do something, just go for it. Yeah. Well, you know, a big part of that too sometimes can be environment or the other people in your life. Yeah. You know. Um, environment's really everything like you know who you surround yourself with i guess that goes back to the whole beginning of me talking during this conversation in terms of like asking about what your community and what the scene was like when you were growing up because yeah. that environment is so huge yeah in shaping like who you're going to be probably for like a large chunk of the rest of your life unless you hit like the reset button real hard 
Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, there are, I think, surrounding yourself with people uh, in community, uh, that's one of the more important things to me, like community in general, fostering and being a productive member of like, the various communities yeah. that I'm, I'm a part of is something that I focus on quite a bit. Um, and just fostering a level of acceptance for people. Like I want people, yeah. I'm involved with something in any way, um, whether I'm just a member of something or whether I'm sort of like in charge of it, I want everyone to feel welcome and, and to celebrate everyone's sort of input and, and their creativity, regardless of how that is. Um, you know, I want that kid who's like alone at the lunch table to like feel welcome and totally part of it. And, um, like for me, that's success. Yeah. And like on a, just stepping back, like just briefly about success. And it's like, I host a radio show weekly on like a fairly major local radio station, but like, I make no money from it. I'm actually like a volunteer host and, uh, which is ridiculous. (laughs) Considering the amount of work that goes into it, but sure. But like in a way I still feel totally successful because of like I'm doing what I want to do. And, uh, you know, I think we don't necessarily always have to make money from things to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that there's an interesting thing that happens with money. You know, there really, as a human being, you only need so much. Yeah. And inevitably, the more money that you acquire, the more unnecessary things you're going to acquire in place of that money once you pass a certain threshold. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, the cost of living is insane, especially right now. Rent is high, gas, we don't got to get into all that. But I mean, there's definitely a threshold where you got to have those needs met. But there are a lot of people that have their needs met and more, but for whatever reason, they feel like they need more. More what? You know, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I'm somebody that enjoys a vacation. I enjoy going to Disney as much as any other fucking 10 year old, but like, it's not necessary. It's absolutely not. Yeah. I have a friend, uh, or she's actually a client and, um, she's done very well for herself. Um, and she told me what her income was one day and it's, takes me five years to make money. Sure. And I said, I don't know. I feel like I would work for two years and retire or something for about 10 years if I made that much money. And she said, well, you would be surprised because as you make more money, you want, like you said, like more and more, and you want more comfortable cars and you want your house to be more comfortable and you want that vacation. Like you don't want to lift a finger on that vacation. Yeah. It just seems... Like, I know that I need a certain amount of money to make my way through the world and, and to function. Um, but I'm really bad with money. Um, like, I can save it. But, like, beyond that, uh-huh. that's about it. Yeah. And um, 
Oh yeah, it's your 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 one your one record store trip away from disaster yeah. at all times, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but I mean, it 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 really is really really easy. But also, like that stuff isn't really necessary, you know, past a certain threshold because obviously some of that, if you scale it back, can be defined as self care yeah. or something simple like yes. You deserve to go treat yourself and buy some records or buy the expensive latte or go on the vacation, whatever. Like, you know, as a human being, you know, we're allowed to be kind of greedy and selfish to some degree. It's human nature. And, it, you know, what's the point of working all the time on whatever it is if you can't, you know, enjoy some simple pleasures sure. in the meantime? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, enjoy life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be hard all the time it can be fun it can be <laughs> you know you can you should enjoy stuff that's what makes us interesting mm -hmm. what we enjoy yeah you know so you're somebody who you're a, a man of many hats you know you have many interests and many things that you seem to do which you have alluded to in very vague ways throughout the conversation um <laughs> so outside of you know just being somebody that is a fan of music and the underground scene and running a business, you know, there's a lot of nuance to those things in terms of, you know, the kind of music that you like, because it's a pretty wide scale of music and things that you're into as far as anything art goes. And also like what you do professionally, yeah. you know, is maybe not always the type of, you know, self care that people that are in an alternative community participate in. Yeah. <laughs> so let's dig into yeah, maybe let's, that. Let's dig into that. <laughs> um, that's a great topic. Um, and yeah, so I'm a, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. Um, I'm, I'm very into, you know, health, my own health and everyone else's. I want to help people be healthy. Um, I want them to be strong. I want my friends who are young to be strong and young. And I want my friends who are older to grow old, being strong and healthy and, and able to be there with their families. Uh, it's something that I'm, I'm pretty passionate about. Um, and yeah, the, the two subcultures don't, <laughs> the one subculture, the rock and roll world, like often is just in total, if not, you know, outright rejection of the health world, uh, like the physical culture world, um, just not necessarily, they just don't kind of meld. Sure. Because, you know, rock and roll, the music world takes place uh, a lot in bars, a lot of places that serve alcohol, drugs are, are often involved. Um, I'm going to have another Speaking beer. of which. Speaking of which, I'll, I'll go on. <laughs> I'll a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, they don't, they don't always fit together. But, and, and it can be, it creates a tension in my life, but I think it's probably a good tension in a way. It balances me out a little bit. Yin and yang. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, I, you know, physical cultures of, uh, there, there's so many different forms of it and the body is 
the human body is designed to move. We're not designed to sit at a desk for nine hours a day. Um, we're designed, we have uh, joints and muscles and ligaments so that the body can move. And so many people in sort of like underground rock and roll sub and counter cultures, like I think really rejected that for a lot of different reasons. And I think for a lot of the same reasons that I rejected my own talents for a long time and is okay. because I, I hated fucking high school sports. I hated, mm, yeah. I hated like class the jock mentality. Sports. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, there can, I think that everyone needs to just find a form of movement that they like. And that could be walking. It could be soccer. Totally. It could be wrestling. It could be yoga. Um, I know a lot of people within our sort of respective worlds are into yoga um, that, that, you know, bleeds in a little bit and that's great. And, um, you know, it's not about living longer. It's not about living forever, but it's about living all of our years as, as much as possible. Totally. As much out of them as possible. You know, I think that, you know, when you're a young punk rock, heavy metal teenager, it's really easy to reject, you know, the whole sports jock culture because you're young and your body's working in a young way. You know, as you get older, you need to maybe start doing things that you didn't do when you were younger because your body is changing. And I'm speaking from 1000% personal experience, you know, uh, over the past 10 years of my life, I've gone up two shirt sizes, which that's just because I didn't like really do anything less or more. My body has just changed, but I haven't started to try to exercise or do anything outside of the norm that would help. And it also didn't help that my day job got me into a position where I am that person that's sitting at a desk doing a lot of stuff. You're, you know, sitting at a desk, just sitting for a lot of my day. And it's really interesting, right? How, you know, when you think of a machine, you think of something hard and sleek and very simple, but as human beings become more machine-like we turn more into like the earth (laughs) you know it just like become like this weird amorphous thing like we're really not built for this we're not (laughs) at all yeah uh, you know it's just a matter of finding things that people like yeah but and you know a lot of jobs demand that we sit at a desk and there's nothing wrong with that but you have to find ways to combat that in order to retain your health. And, um, you know, that's what I help people do. Yeah. And, and I love it. I, but yeah, the, it, it definitely, it's funny, like how much the two worlds just like don't come together. Yeah. I'm like, one world's looking at me like I'm a fucking weirdo. (laughs) Whatever, you know, I'll just take it. It's so funny. It's like you have uh, this whole the adolescence that exists within our like culture is just the hardest thing for me to grapple with, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's 
I think that going back to that whole idea of like needing to work jobs and things like that, I think that like once I like kind of got out of my shell and realized, oh, like I need to fucking get a job at Starbucks, which I did, you know what I mean? Um, I'm like, oh, like I'm surrounding myself around quote normal people again. And I'm a part of a thing that's bigger than myself. It actually connected me and kind of grounded me just having to be there every day and be around people that aren't other degenerates, like yeah. be around people that, you know, have different viewpoints of life. And it yeah. gave me that sort of like yin and yang balance that I needed. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. being in the rock world 24 seven is not the, uh, it's not the dream. You know, I don't want to be in a Motley Crue movie yeah. by any means. That's yeah. not the guy I want to be. And I don't know if it ever was, mm -hmm. but I think it just took me some time to really find that yeah. to realize that. Yeah. I had a similar experience where I, I didn't go to college till I was, well, I went to college for like a year and then, but I, I really went back when I was 28 and it wasn't until then that like, I didn't realize that like everyone's not a satanic I went to college and I was like, Oh, like you're, you're like a Christian and you don't drink. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like, Oh, I like I've never met that person before. <laughs> I have, and it's been so long. I just don't uh -huh. remember. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's it grounds you and it it expands your world a little bit. So, yeah. Um, so like, what was the the threshold then for you in terms of um, like taking this journey into like, you know, the, the fitness strength training and things like that. Like, yeah. was it always a part of your life or did something click at some point? Um, so I, when I was pretty young, I, I was involved with it. Um, I, it's kind of a long story, but like, basically, um, I was like a really troubled and very wild adolescent. Okay. Very I can see it. And um, <laughs> I, through actually a friend of my dad's, I got into working out a little bit. And then I like tried to play sports, but like I just hated sports. Like I, I didn't like traditional sports. Was it the sports or the people? It was mainly the people. Um, there were some people that I was just like, oh, I just don't want to be sure it's like going back to that environment is everything and the people yeah. around you yeah around that time i was like 14 or 15 and so it, that kind of stuck with me like getting involved with strength training a little bit and um i always kind of valued it but like i said i kind of rejected my own talents because i just didn't like those worlds and um then in my mid to late 20s it came back okay um uh, and it actually like my my current girlfriend was like you are way too fucking intense like you like she'd actually it's kind of a funny story because I had a my beard was very very long <laughs> I was walking out of a bar and this guy this was in Morgantown West Virginia some dude said something about like, I think he called me Jesus or something I'm not even sure what exactly happened but uh, an altercation occurred and she heard about it and she was like, look, dude, you are like, you're a little intense. So you need to take some yoga classes. And that actually um, kind of started me back down the path that I, I'm on now. Interesting. And that was 
So what you're saying yeah. is that everyone is one West Virginia trip away from rediscovering themselves. Yes. <laughs> Move to Morgantown for a few years. Discover who you are. Oh, Lord. So, you know, on the music side of things, you know, um, it's very apparent to me, and this may not be accurate, but it's apparent to me on the surface that you like, you've been like a rock and roll sort of adjacent dude for the majority of your life. But I mean, you have a wide variety of interests in music that I guess can all be considered rock adjacent if you have an open mind. But maybe to some, you know, sure. you know, some like, you know, you know, Devo may not be the band. I don't even know if you like Devo. I'm just assuming. <laughs> I'm just assuming that you like Devo. So with that being said, you know, was that like a, a thing that happened in your teen years or as you got older and kind of looked for things, did you start to like rediscover music? from your like teen years. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I uh I mean I was probably a lot like you um and and a lot of our various friends. I mean, I was like a from a very young age like 9 or 10 like discovered heavy metal and hard rock and I was obsessed. I mean, like that's just my personality is I I I dive into things. And yeah. I um was super into like heavy metal and then I got into like thrash metal and, and all that and like deeper and deeper into that. And then around that same time, uh, I actually found on the ground a copy of uh, the first Sex Pistols record. Weird. Or cassette, actually. <laughs> like yeah. someone just fucking, like bollocks just threw it out the fucking window. <laughs> And I like I was like oh I have, I had never heard it and I brought that home and that was the first punk rock record I had ever heard and that sort of was like the opening of that um, and then I had a friend two friends really who uh, got into more punk rock and I need to listen to the Clash and then it was the Clash and the Ramones and then it was like you know discovering local bands like Submachine House Rotten and Wormhole. Uh, bands like that and so I was like you know just a, like a total obsessive of all different kinds of rock music yeah uh, whether it was punk or heavy metal hardcore stuff uh, and, and other things as well um, and then I started smoking a ton of weed <laughs> Okay. All right. And I just, <laughs> I, like I was smoking shit tons of pot, <laughs> and I was hanging out with this dude all the time who was like playing the Grateful Dead. Okay. And I was kind of like, "What is this shit?" <laughs> sure. And like he'd play like weird stuff. He had this '78 Chevy Malibu. It was brown. I slept in the back of it once. Um, but. <laughs> 
and he would play like Ray Charles and the Grateful Dead and like, but he'd also play like Black Sabbath and he turned me on to like bands like the Dead and like I eventually like started to appreciate them. Yeah, you know what's interesting is there's really honestly, like if you've truly listened to Black Sabbath yeah. and the Dead. There's a closer through line than you think because all of Black Sabbath ain't the doom and gloom. No, There's a lot of funk in there and a lot of that jammy stuff. Yeah. 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 And, and that opened my mind a lot hanging out with him. Like I said, like different things that he would listen to. And from there, um, I, one of the people I discovered was, uh, or two people whose music I discovered was like Johnny Cash and mm. Steve Earle and Steve Earle in particular. And, um, that kind of took me, you know, that introduced me to like country music. Um, that's like mid nineties around. Like I, I was probably like finishing high school. I say finishing cause I never graduated. Yeah. Um, I was asked to leave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll get into that. And, uh, but yeah, like I, I just, I think I just had an open mind that I wanted to absorb everything. And, you know, that leads me to where I am now. Sure. I'm just like a pretty diverse, but heavily, uh, sort of country music radio show each week. So, I think that, you know, when it, in terms of the, 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 the idea of genre, yeah. I understand its importance, but as I've gotten older and become more of, I hate to use the word mature in this situation, but I'm going to, I'm a, a mature music listener. Like I don't care about genre as much as I care about like attitude and intention mm -hmm. of the music. And I think there is so much stuff that a lot of people will be like, really like, Oh, this isn't rock at all, or this isn't punk at all, but it has that attitude and that intention. You know what I mean? If you think about like run DMC, yeah. you know, it's just like, okay, like to me, like that was rock and roll, yeah. you know, Tupac and Biggie, rock and roll and like i mean a big part of the reason why i think a lot of our top fucking you know 40 music is all like hip-hop and pop adjacent stuff is because they, they carry that rock and roll attitude there was something that happened like starting in the late 90s early 2000s where like it was no longer to be cool to be a rock band and have an ego like, you know, you had to be all fucking introspective and shit, which don't get me wrong. I like all of that stuff, but also it's like people want attitude. Yeah. They crave it if they're listening to music. And that's why the music that's on the top of the world right now is because they have the fucking attitude. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. It's, uh, there's something about, you know, someone like Kurt Cobain or, or, Whoever, Johnny Cash or uh, Lucinda Williams, like it's like it's empowering sometimes. For sure, to hear these people who are like, "Fuck it, I don't care. Like, I'm going to say yeah. what I want to say, and I don't care what anyone thinks." Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So uh, I'm going to ask you a bit of a dark question. Okay. So you know, 
<laughs> so bringing up, uh, you know, some people like let's say like, like a Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. We talked earlier about the fact that it's really easy to be alive a lot longer than you used to be able to be alive. Yeah. Now, granted, Kurt Cobain made his decision to not be here, but there also are like a lot of people that have left this earth accidentally drug overdoses, things like that, or just the idea in general, like now, if you kind of fuck yourself up, there's a lot more of a chance that you can be you can recover. So people live a lot longer. So artists live a lot longer. So as a result of that, this is where my dark question is coming from. Do you think there's any artists that have maybe lived too long? Um, Bob Dylan comes to mind. You know, I, as a performer, it's, uh, it's so mean. I'm sorry, but yeah. <laughs> Go there. I know, I know, I know. But, but like artistically, perform too long. That's a really good way to put it. I um, Dylan should probably Dylan should probably not. Sure, sure, sure. Still a great wordsmith. I mean, there's he is, um, you know, the the greatest of our lifetime. There's no one lyrically who's like him. Um, God damn it. <sighs> I just realized your microphone hasn't been on this whole fucking time. Oh, shit. Okay. Hold on, let me stop real quick. Uh, it's very obvious that I have not recorded a podcast in yeah. a very long time. But I, again, I swear that I had these. Well, I hope we can salvage it. because. So uh, that's the thing. So this is what's going to happen right yeah. now. I'm either going to be able to salvage the beginning of this episode and people were hearing this like 45 minutes in or we're starting a whole new thing. I don't want to talk about anything that we, I don't want to try to like re talk about topics that we already talked Fair about. Enough. I'm here all night, man. You know, whatever. So, you want to do. Um, with that being said, this is either going to be like not the best sounding, but a very introspective conversation with my friend, Jesse Novak. <laughs> <laughs> or this is just going to be a very good sounding, but 1000% unhinged conversation with my friend, Jesse Novak. I love so, it either way. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> so, all right, we'll start here. Yeah. We'll just act like nothing happened before. We'll hope for the best. Yeah. But if this is the start of the conversation, it's the start of the conversation. Okay. As somebody who is, you know, really into fitness personally, professionally. Mm -hmm. um, how do you balance things that are undeniably rad, like good alcohol or any food that is objectively delicious? Mm -hmm. How do you work those things into your life? What is your relationship with food and alcohol? Jesse, that's a great question. Um, my relationship with alcohol is uh, is like a long one. Like I had my first drink when I was twelve, um, but currently I just don't drink really. I very often I'm drinking now uh, because I'm hanging out with you, my friend, and I, I just 
wanted to hang out. Like sure. when we know each other, honestly, more on a professional level for lack of a better word, I'll use the word professional. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. And we rarely, if ever hang out on this level. Uh, so I was like, I'm going to drink, I'm going to take an Uber over and we're going to do this. Um, so I had actually said to you earlier that like really until last weekend, I had not had a drink in three and a half months. Before that, it had been two or three months since I'd had a drink. Um, so I keep it very, very disciplined uh, at this stage in my life. Um, and, you know, the alcohol is a complicated thing for a lot of people. And I think in our society, just in general, in America, in, in Europe, uh, and probably throughout the world, we don't always respect alcohol for the power that it has. Um, it's a strong drug. And it is, it's a drug with that has powerful ramifications. It's been linked to various cancers in, in a lot of people. And I've seen the effects of it on certain family members and friends and, um, and myself even. Uh, so I, I try to respect it in regards to just not drinking very often. Yeah. Um, it, it takes a, a tremendous amount of discipline on my part. I'm generally not comfortable in social situations. I, I was in a social situation a few hours before I came here uh, where I was like, I just want this to end. <laughs> sure. And I like the person I was talking to, uh -huh. but I was like, I, I just want to go because like, I, I just wasn't comfortable. I and uh, I'm awkward in that way, I guess. And um, so I, I, I limit alcohol. And I, I think that that is a smart move for most people. I, I think we underestimate the negative effects of the drug. Um, food is a, even more complex. Um, you know, I love... I fucking love vegan ice cream, dude. Like I will eat an entire fucking thing and it's vegan. There's no dairy in it, but who knows how, God knows how much sugar there is in it or whatever else, whatever other shit is in it. But like my small ass will fucking house a whole thing of it. And, uh -huh. and um, so that, yeah, I mean, it's complex. Yeah. I, I, that's how I deal with it is, is I, I respect the the power of alcohol um i've had issues because of it i i you know and um i've you know i told you i took an uber here and i have a strict like no drinking and driving policy because i've seen the effects of uh drinking and driving on other people particularly people close to me and I hope this isn't the way that this podcast has to begin because fuck, I sound like <laughs> I sound like a fucking gym teacher, <laughs> a drunken gym teacher. Yeah, no, dude, I got it. It's it's really interesting because I have, um, I th I think that I have a better relationship with alcohol 
than I should. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, just given the amount of alcohol that I have in this house, you can see I have a beer full of fridge and a shelf full of whiskey, and like the yeah. bottles aren't that. They're not. I don't really. Like, if nobody's here, I don't really touch it. Yeah, you know, I might have like a beer every once in a while, but for the most part, like I don't fuck with it. But yeah. I think my big issue is with food. Yeah, it's like I've gone out of my way. Like I don't keep snacks in the house. No fucking chips. No fucking cookies. None of that fucking stuff. That's a great but fucking step. S- but still, I feel like when I do eat, which is like typically I'll probably eat like breakfast and dinner, sometimes a lunch. Mm-hmm. What I am eating is still probably not great. And I also am not like a very physically active person. Yeah. So I think that that's the biggest fucking deal sure. for me. It's just that like I don't move a whole lot through the day. Yeah. And the stuff that I'm eating, even though it isn't a lot, it's still not like great. Uh, you know, I don't know your diet. I, I see pictures you post. They all look f- reasonably healthy. Um you're a busy dude. Like I know you, yeah. the people who listen to this podcast probably know you, but, or know of you locally. And there's, you know, you're in three bands, four bands, three, who, who fucking knows. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Too many jobs. You're traveling. One band is too many. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's hard. Uh, but I, I, if I had to make a recommendation, it would be to move a little bit more. And, and like I said before, you know, the audio issues, um, f- you can find a way that suits you, suits your needs, suits what you enjoy. That might be Muay Thai, it might be Jiu Jitsu, it might be Karate, it might be going for a walk with your grandma. And, and that is kind of, how that can work. Like, like, and I said this earlier, like the human body is designed to move. That's why we have joints. That's why we have ligaments. And, um, I, (sighs) yeah, there's like a weird thing with me, like where, you know, I am not, um, I may not be the most physically active person, but one thing that I do do quite a bit, is go to theme parks. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about theme parks genuinely is just walking around and looking at shit. Mm-hmm. I don't always have to ride everything. Like I was just at fucking, I've been, I've went to Kennywood the past two weeks, the past two Sundays. <laughs> I've been at Kennywood. I, so I I'm saw, a, I'm a season pass holder. So I, I saw some pictures and I was like, this is a lot of trauma on someone's brain to be on these, <laughs> these, yeah, I don't, roller coasters I mean, all I don't, the time. I don't ride a whole lot. I yeah. mean, like, I'll ride everything, like, once, you know, yeah, for yeah. the most part. With the exception of when I was at Cedar Point, I went a little hard. But um, <laughs> I really just like walking around. And it's just like, I, there was a moment, literally, when I was at Kennywood on Sunday. I was, like, walking around. And I was like, I don't know how much I've walked today, but this is great. Like, yeah. just, like, being here in the park, walking around. Now, granted, I also had a fucking pint of bells too hearted in my hand. Yeah. So I'm probably counteracting any sort of potential benefit uh, that I'm having on my fucking body. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I, you know, it, it's hard to say. I, I think you got to do what you enjoy. And if you enjoy drinking, fuck, you know, like who am I to say don't do that? But I would say if you enjoy it, 
still walk. Yeah, if I that's do. what you enjoy, yeah. like, and I would say that to anybody. Like, if you enjoy doing something, do it. And you know, if you like running, go running. Okay, like, there's going to be somebody who argues with you. You're running too much. Okay, there's worse shit you could be doing. Um, you know, my main goal is to to get people moving and and enjoying their life in that manner. Yeah, so. I, I feel I, it's it's weird. It's like I always feel like I feel like I'm on the go all the time. Yeah, right. You are, but like I think a lot of that is mental. Because I mean, to be fair, I've been sitting here for the past two hours with you, literally, pretty much just sitting. Yeah, and drinking. Yeah, I don't do this all the time. It, but, if you're listening, we are not sober. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cheers! Cheers. So. uh How's this uh, Grey Walker beer treating you? It's uh, it's a little hoppy. Yeah, yeah, not, was, not in a bad way. Yeah, it was. This was so you can see it's called Winter Thunderland. This I is like from it. the winter. Yeah, I like we, it. Yeah, we 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 did this with our our friends at Noble Creature in Youngstown, Ohio. I probably know close to the same amount of people in the brewery world that I do in the music world at this yeah. point. At least it feels like it, and. I think that I don't drink as much as I do, but if I like am like really like honest about it, there's probably a lot of beer that I don't realize that I'm drinking because it's become so common for me to just like be at band practice and like like Evan, who I play in two bands with, you know, he's a brewer at Cinderlands. Oh, so okay. it's always like, here's something new that we did. Yeah. So it's not uncommon for there to be a new beer there. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of friends that work at other breweries. So it's not uncommon for me to just like, you know, be like, oh, like I don't have food at home. So I'm going to stop at this brewery because this food truck's there. So I get dinner and then I also get a beer. Yeah. You know, and then like while you're there, someone's like, oh, like I'll buy your first one. Or then someone's like, oh, hey, like here's something new. Did you try this yet? You know, it's so like you're getting... There's all this extra stuff that I'm not keeping like mental tabs of. Yeah. But it's like still entering my uh, physical being. Yeah. And it's hard because beer is delicious. Sure. And, uh, you know, when it's being presented to you, it's difficult to say no to. Yeah. I, fuck, man. I think that I, if we have my, if we are able to salvage the conversation from earlier. Fuck, I hope we are. I will have mentioned that I worked at Starbucks for a while. Yeah. And my time that I worked at Starbucks, I was not a coffee person at all prior to working at Starbucks. And um, I honestly wasn't a drinker Yeah. prior to working at Starbucks. But my interest in coffee not only ignited my interest in coffee, obviously, and different kinds of food, but it also ignited my interest in alcohol. Really? Like I wanted to become more aware of what was out there because mm-hmm. I spent so much of my life thinking that coffee was, you know, the burnt shit from Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. And not that Starbucks is a high caliber of what coffee can be, but I mean, I'm used to Kogos and Dunkin' Donuts. And for me at the time when I started working there, Starbucks was the fancy shit. Sure. And now, you know what I mean? Now I'm the fucking guy that I've paid fucking $13 for a pour over, you know, in some fucking bougie place in Seattle. Yeah. yeah. I've done that. 
but like I understand like at least I've I've bought into this idea of like uh the levels of different things in terms of like food and coffee and I've enjoyed it. Yeah. I've been bit by the bug. Yeah. So now like I am this weird like talking about, you know, again, the earlier conversation, this yin and yang, right? Of like, you know, this like weird like DIY hard rock underground arts mentality, but also understanding that there is a lot of value and there is a difference between like top shelf liquor and bottom shelf liquor and right, yeah. expensive beer and cheap beer. There's definitely a difference and my palate has been adjusted to that. And also <laughs> much like we've talked about again in the earlier conversation, which I hope we fucking are able to salvage. Yeah. Me, you've no, it's, it's all on me, but we were talking about, um, monetary thresholds yeah and like i think that there was a thing it's like well now i'm making more money because i have a steady job that i'm able to enjoy these things because there is kind of a price gap yeah on these yeah. things right but also it's really hard for me to just kind of ignore the fact that like yes there is a much bigger difference between the whiskey that's in this glass and you know, a fucking bottle of old crow. There are two completely different things. Yeah. But also a lot of people don't always like necessarily care about the nuance of that, you know, which is what I think maybe going back into something that is maybe a little bit more grounded of a conversation, tying it all together. Right. For some people, all music, heavy, not heavy, whatever. It all sounds the same. It serves a purpose to just kind of be wallpaper, right? Mm -hmm. And for some people, alcohol doesn't serve any sort of an artistic purpose. Sure. And this may sound like an alcoholic thing to say, and I don't mean for it to, but I do think there is an art to higher end alcohol that is crafted with care or higher end beer that is crafted with care in the same way that there is a difference between, you know, any bullshit fucking random death metal band that you can find and like Intuned. an atheist record. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a much bigger, there's a, a wide gap of like the intention and the attitude. And I mentioned that before yeah. earlier too, Yeah, that goes into making anything, whether it is music or a painting or a plate of food or a glass of alcohol. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into that. And yeah. I am very hyper aware of it now. So it makes it really hard for me to not enjoy it and not want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. But obviously some of those things aren't really the best for you. Sure. If you engage with it too much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, <laughs> I mean, you, you have awareness that, yeah, you know, you've got the awareness of it. I mean, it, sure, it's uh, something. Alcohol is definitely an art when brewed in all of these different ways. I, yeah, all, all the in, incredible amount of beers that have come out over the last ten years. You know, sours. You know, think about when you first started drinking beer. Were you hearing about sours? No. Like you were drinking Rolling Rock or well, whatever. Well, sure. I mean, I think that like the thing that's interesting about beer and like, I don't know, this might be a conversation to have with, you know, one of my friends that's actually like a brewer person, but I feel like most styles of beer that exist today, 
with the exception of like the New England hazy IPA, have existed for like decades, if yeah. not centuries, right? It's just a matter of when you find out about them. Yeah. You know, it's like really no different than being like, oh, I know all there is to know about like weirdo punk rock. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're fucking in your late 20s in the year, you know, fucking what, 2014, 15. And you find out about like James Chance and the contortions for the first time. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is actually way weirder than anything that I've listened to. And this is older than me. Yeah. Or like, you know, there's like even like weird, like uh, noise rock stuff where like, you know, there's bands that like I grew up with in like my teenage years, like daughters where it's like, oh, okay. Like this is like really weird and nothing sounds like this at all until like you find out about Nick cave and then you start listening to the birthday party and you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh wait, everybody's done this. Yeah. Or like, the Melvins, you know, it's just like all of this shit has been around for so long. It's just like the way that you find out about it, you know, everybody comes in at like a ground level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why it's like, I will never give like a little kid shit for like, Oh, like my favorite punk band is green day. Well, yeah. you gotta start somewhere. You know what I mean? I was fucking 13 and my favorite band was slipknot. Yeah. But that's what was happening at the time. That was yeah. the ground level for me. You know yeah. what I mean? I was born in 1985. You know what I mean? Like my ground level was not fucking Megadeth or Anthrax. It was yeah. fucking Slipknot it, and Corn and shit like that. that totally. Was it. The same way that someone who was 13 or 14 in 1983 heard Slayer. Yeah. And they were like, fuck, this is amazing. And, you know, the funny thing about that and like going into – uh, like just like a little bit more on my background. Like, you know, my parents were both super young when they had me yeah. and my dad was a total metalhead, Right. So like I grew up on like Megadeth and Metallica and Iron Maiden and, you know, flotsam and jetsam and yes. weird shit, dude. Like yeah. in eviction, like my yeah. dad was an eviction fan. My dad went to eviction shows. Yeah. You know, like I, you know, I knew about eviction, but there's still that like innate thing as like, you know, you turn fucking like 11, 12, 13, you want your own thing. Sure. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, you have to reject what That was the was... thing. It was like, that was my dad's music as much as I loved it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was like, well, corn is my thing. Yeah. Slipknot is my thing. But then like, you know, when I'm like 17, 18, like I go back and listen to fucking, uh, you know, power slave. And I'm like, Oh fuck this rips. Oh you yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it all comes back and now I love all of it. Yeah. It's funny. Cause uh, a brief story about Slipknot in terms of my personal experience with them is I had read an article when the first record had just come out on Roadrunner and I worked at a record store and I had read a review of a show they did in England. I think it was London, somewhere in England though. And it compared them to Black Flag. <laughs> and... <laughs> Why? So I worked. Why? At, yeah, I work at this record <laughs> store, and I had this is late '99, maybe early 2000. Uh, that's the right time, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna check this out because I love Black Flag, and <laughs> I, I, I somehow I was able to like, I opened the CD. We didn't have a promo copy, 
and I listened to it and I was like, what the fuck is this? It, I lasted like two songs, That's turned so it off. Funny. I was like, I don't know what this is. And um, so I have listened to all of their records since then. I, I always give them a listen just to see what they what they sound like. I'm always interested. I, I, I'm not a fan. And, and a lot of that just, you know, I was 23 when that first album came out. Sure. It just didn't do much for yeah. me at the time. It wasn't where my tastes were at. But I was in a position about like, I guess it was about a year ago where I was mentoring a, a younger kid uh, on a project, a school project that he was doing. I was asked by his parents to mentor him about, it's a music project. He was talking about uh, Slipknot. And I, I told him what I basically just told you. I, I was like, I have listened to every one of their records. I always listen to them because I'm just interested and I just haven't been able to find anything that connects with me. Yeah. Like, and he like looked at his dad and he was like, see, like he at least listens to it. And I was like, yeah, but the important thing is I don't like it. Like I, I've yeah. tried. They're, and, yeah. you know, they're talented. So I have two things with Slipknot, right? So one, and I know a lot of people will want to crucify me for this, but you have to understand, like you were 23 yeah. when that happened. I was 13. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was like the same impact that a band like Kiss may have had on a 13 year old. Yeah. That was the closest. That was what I had. Fucking totally. And dude. also, at the same time, like understanding that, like, they, in retrospect, at the time, you may have not seen it happening, but in retrospect, they honestly inspired what would be honestly the past two decades of bands. Yeah. You know what I mean? In the year yeah. 2000, like, I mean, in the early 2000s, they were on Conan O'Brien doing <laughs> blast beats. Yeah. Blast I, beats on Conan O'Brien. And like, whatever you think of Slipknot and their gimmick, yeah. it's like they inspired everything that came forward. And maybe yeah. you're not a fan of that. Yeah, yeah. But also- you know, I think there is a certain level where it's like you need to get over yourself sure. and understand that like the genre is going to progress. And Absolutely. it's like, do you want people to listen to metal or not? Whether it yeah. is your specific subgenre, whatever. Are we recording? I, I don't oh, yeah, even we, know where we're at anymore. I haven't. Oh fuck! I'm staying on. The night, audio is recording, but for some reason the video isn't recording. Oh, dude, you need to get the sweet eviction shirt down there. Well, the video. So the video was recording for a while. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know when the video stopped recording. That's a good question. Whatever works. But yeah. we are we are way past. Look, we're like three steps from being in a jail cell <laughs> for the evening. So. Dude. So, yeah. I, Which I, I'm perfectly fine with because someone will bail us out. Like, yeah. we're not horrible people. I... Bro, I have <laughs> hello internet. I have. It's only like, hey, if you're listening again. to this, I'm gonna interrupt you. If you're listening, it's like five o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's our day off. Both That's of true. us. We both happen to have Wednesdays off. I have. I. I, I have. So, a, look, so I don't have an official Gray Walker practice tonight. But um, 
we are working on new material. Nice. Which I could show you a demo for a new song. I would like if you to hear, hear some demos. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, we're, the plan is to, to link up at uh, Evan's house and to kind of like fine tune some of the demo stuff because. Are you going to show up like this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you got me questioning if I'm going to take an Uber over there, to be honest with you. I, you need to take an Uber, <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. I don't gotta be there for another. Uh, I mean, I got I got a couple it's hours 5:15. still. Fifteen. I got a couple <laughs> hours still. I gotta be there around like seven thirty, seven forty-five. We'll see how it goes. I'll defer the warrant. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord. So um, I don't even know what's happening. I at don't this even point. know if this is salvageable. I mean. Okay, so I hope we get that first part. You got me to open up. I never open up. We had a really good first 45 minutes that I'm going to go out of my way to fix, which hopefully people have heard at this point. And then we had a really fun, unhinged, probably like half hour of material, yeah. if not more. For me, that gem is the first part, but yeah, no, it's so good. Yeah, because I'm the, not the, intellectual, but I felt like you were forcing me to dig deep it was so good that first chunk was so fucking good before we were drunk <sighs> lord all right so this has been an uh unexpectedly intoxicated return <laughs> to start the beat um the beat has been started and it has been uh accelerated to some degree who knows the end of the episodes don't matter. I got nothing, man. I got nothing either. Yeah. I'm going to edit this. I'm going to put it up, and that's going to be it. Yeah. This is not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's saying it is. But, hey, whatever whatever works. Until next time, take care. I'm, not, I'm looking at a camera that's off. Take care of yourselves. Take care of the people around you. Peace out.